Okay. How did we even become writers? Hit the intro music. Wait, I don't remember the intro music from last time. Ah, uh, you had one job. Uh, <laughs> it's not true. I had a lot of jobs. <laughs> it's true. Um, okay. Because you're a freelance writer. It's true. Wow, he had a lot of jobs. Welcome to Go Write Yourself. The what? Did you, didn't you have an excellent tagline? The podcast dedicated to getting you to stop listening to this podcast and yes. go write your story. Yeah, why don't you go write yourself? Don't expect us to do all the work. Yeah, jerk. <laughs> so I kind of realized that no one knows who that we are. So maybe... Oh, that's right. Yeah, we just yeah. started making a podcast and uh, nobody nobody has any reason to listen to us. I, like, why have we not got thousands of listens so far? I guess that's maybe a topic for next time. Yeah, probably. How how unsung heroes of the way. <laughs> yeah, because Cope. despite you not knowing, uh, we are actually uh, reasonably successful writers. Compared uh, to what? You know, compared to... Dostoevsky. Yeah, n- uh, no. <laughs> yeah, compared to Dostoevsky during his lifetime. Uh, yes. Oh, 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 harsh. Yes. How oh, he's turning in his grave. Uh-huh. That was so cruel. Why did you have to throw that in his face? Well, you know, I wasn't throwing it. But the, my point is that both of us uh, do actually write for a living. Mm. And that it's, uh, it, if anyone would be listening to this podcast, God help them, uh, then they would, you know, want to know that, yeah, we do have some actually ethos to talk on this subject. Mm. Which is one thing that they should learn. No, it's like ethos, pathos, add... and logos. Oh yeah, Aristotle. Yeah, always bringing Aristotle into it. <laughs> Why don't you give a quick um, summary of ethos, pathos, and logos? Well, all right. Ethos is, uh, I mean, that root word for ethics would be, you know, your your uh, legitimacy. That that uh, that uh, that ground you have to stand on to speak on whatever it is that you're uh arguing for or against that's your that's your i mean what that's why people should listen to you mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. you know a reason a reason to make you a a, mm-hmm. a a an expert in your topic your logos is your is the structure of your argument and the evidence that you're using to um defend yourself uh and your pathos is that nice little emotional tick yeah uh that will you'll add into uh just add a bit of flavor and try to try to. I mean, it's not the most uh, honorable way to win people over to your side, but it's definitely an important. It's part an important of... part of it, and I always try and when I'm writing discursive writing, like start with start a section with a, some kind of story. Well, well this I is think, the thing: is yeah. that is that you're more of a discursive writer, and uh, you write uh, kind of in the more professional uh, academic world. And I'm more of a, a writer of, uh, of fiction and uh, cheap clickbait that you find on the internet to support ad walls. Which is also, I mean, a highly specialized skill. I mean... Well, you could say that. <laughs> you know, sucking dick is a highly specialized skill. Oh, <laughs> you might want to take that <laughs> Do we? Do or just really? try to keep it PG thirteen. Okay, I'm I think we swore quite a lot the last time. Well, I mean, we we swore we swore a little bit, but it wasn't a whole lot. Okay, yeah. So take that out. What I meant to say is, you know, a prostitute has a high, <laughs> highly specialized <laughs> subset of skills which allows her to charge 
for what other people must merely uh, do or what other on, people might on, not be so skilled at yeah yeah what we we might need to provide in pure passion right and it's, there's a talent to write a a pop song yes right? that's a much better analogy than uh i prefer my one because it's uh, more likely to get laughs so fair enough i'm playing for last and that is that skill is important I, so, I have lots of yes that is the point is proof proof of our ethos is that we have a podcast yes right? as you know having a podcast makes you an expert in whatever yeah. it is you're talking about yeah but <laughs> i mean you know when you wanted to be a professional right or you never thought you'd actually arrived but here we are we have arrived we've made it we've made it we've got a podcast. we're going straight to the top kid <laughs> right this is why we should structure our work more that's true to, so tell me, Anthony. I forgot to tell them that we're two low-lifes living the high life. Oh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll mention that at some point. Tell me, how did you actually uh, get into writing? That's a very interesting idea. Were you inspired when I was in by school, anyone yeah. in particular? Or, uh... That's an interesting question. Yeah. Okay, so when I was in school, I wanted to be an, I said I wanted to be an author, and I tried to write short stories but I kind of got the curse where you'd start something and then not finish it. And also, I didn't know anything about writing stories and no one taught me anything. I mean, that there's uh, there's ways to do these things and that you might want to be aware of, not just like randomly pick up a pen and start writing, which is good as well. But um, I feel like I had a lot of anxiety and that would probably stop pertain and perfectionism. I'm sure that everyone recognizes that in themselves. And that would deter me from going further into it. <laughs> That's not what he said to her or something. And um, eh. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cheap. <laughs> that's why I, I prefer the old one. I bet you say that to all the boys. Oh, fair enough. That's what she said is a cheap. It just—it's a narrower joke. Like, yeah. like if you say that's what that's what he's that's but that's what you say to all the boys. That it, it's got a brighter. You can mm. imply more. It makes you sound classy. Well, how about said the actress to the bishop? Oh no, let's not do that. We are, yeah. As one of my friends likes to say, likes to say, "All right then, are you just gonna do me or not?" Said <laughs> the bishop to the actress after decades of being teased by innuendos. Right. So uh, we are we are definitely king of the segue. So kings. So you segway had kings. you were saying that you had uh, you started yeah. with like a lot of perfection perfectionism, perfectionism and a lack of uh, anyone teaching you like the basic that there's things that you should know about uh, being a writer and how to write and well didn't how you to learn anything in school story uh, I I liked English at school and I liked fiction and let's see they taught I had a I'm I'm lucky that I had a couple of really good English teachers in high school secondary school for those of you in the UK and they were quite inspiring but they showed me why certain works by Shakespeare and other authors were good they didn't really make me feel like skilled or that I knew how to write also school just added more to the perfectionism and when I did really well when I got a really good mark for a short story I couldn't I couldn't tell what made it better you know if I got, I don't know, 18 or 19 out of 20, I couldn't necessarily tell what that made, what made that great and the seven, the one that got 16 or 17 good, you know, you know, the, the feedback wasn't precise enough. 
So, and also, I really don't think we should be grading people on these things at school. You should just have like written feedback to help you get better at it. Uh, you can check out if you're interested in this sort of thing at home, like Alfie Cohn, his essays on grades, like from grading to from to de from degrading to degrading, like and how they how they um how when you've got when you're getting a grade, you're more likely to pick the easiest task and you're it lowers the quality of your thinking because you're just trying to you know get a good grade and um, rather than advance yourself as a student so no i didn't learn anything at school um, well that's interesting to uh, to bring that up is like it, it it'd be good to add like how not just how did you get into it but like uh how did you become you know as good as you are mm, thank you that's good of you to tell that's kind of what... you are rather popular in your circles uh yeah i mean with some circles, I don't know what counts as popular. Well, for anyone out there who's listening, again, we're establishing ethos. Mm -hmm. uh, for anyone out there who's listening, uh, this guy, uh, I went home to Florida. Uh, we're recording in Scotland right now. I went home to Florida uh, and found uh, my mother's co-worker uh, knew this guy's name. <laughs> uh, you know... Well, tell, tell them the actual story. What, yeah. the actual story? Uh uh, what when I was like, I was at a party. I was at like a little get together. Yeah. And uh, we were having some, uh, I think some discussion over like intellectual property and libertarianism. And uh, I mentioned, I just casually kind of offhanded mentioned, oh, my friend, uh, you know, Anthony Samaroff, he does these uh, TED talks and uh, various uh, works. Um, did did you do a TED talk? I didn't do a TED talk. That's true. I almost did a couple times. Damn. Yeah, I did. One anyway, uh, <laughs> I oh, mentioned your you. name, and he was like, "Oh, Anthony Samaroff. I know, I know this guy. And I've heard uh -huh. of him." And I was like, "There is no way, like, all the way over here in Florida, uh, you know, you've heard of <laughs> my buddy Scotland. who lives, uh, right. you know, not in too Scotland. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess as far as states go, Florida's got a." Uh, decent libertarian contingent so i'm kind of known from that for that book universal basic income for and against more so i think for podcast appearances even than my writing but the thing is my writing is how i organize my ideas so i found it quite difficult to write fiction Um, i got bet i became um when when i i, I wanted to go into theater and acting uh, but I didn't do that because you're not meant to do that. Uh, yeah, when I met you, uh, or w when I ran into you, I should say, uh, on the street uh, while we were in the uh, Edinburgh Fringe yeah. uh, Festival, uh, when I ran into you on the street there, you told me for the first time that you had been uh, a theatre uh, writer, a, th a theatre oh, yeah. critic for some time. Yeah, I sometimes forget that. 13 years, but it's more, that's more, quite active, some time. more active in the first, like, five, six did a lot so that really helped me in so many ways um i was kind of giving like a pocked biography so um yeah that's interesting so i didn't go and study acting probably for the good but you know i kind of didn't really land on my feet after i left school it took me four or five years to figure out what i what I was doing eventually i went to uni properly and i was studying in the humanities and my i had a opera teacher uh, sorry, a teacher from my opera class. Well, I'm such a, uh, I'm so classy. Who was very <laughs> unorthodox, and 
But one his of voice the... is beautiful, but you'd never know it. His voice is actually beautiful. Uh, not his singing voice, but the way that he talks. He's very articulate. So he, for one assignment, he said we could submit reviews. And so what one of an opera, one of another production. So I wrote two of those and uh, I liked it. So I sent them to a local magazine. And yeah, uh, the editor there sent me out for something. I wrote a review. He thought it was fine. Put it in the, in the online publication. And that was my start. So what publication was that? Uh, it's called The Skinny in Scotland. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's a free magazine, but it, it's in all the trendy places and things like that. It's most very of the punk con- rock kind of hipstery. Yeah, it's very hipster. Yeah. A lot, most of the content's online. And most of my content went online. And I was sometimes in the magazine. But that gave me so much. So it was around then, 22 to 27, that I really worked as a writer because my academic career really helped me because I used to write these big, long, clunky sentences. So I was try- I had to write essays, I had to write assignments, and I wouldn't have done it otherwise. So I was doing that. At the same time, I got back involved in theatre because I hadn't done any acting. And I got in a play, but I didn't like it as much as I liked writing because they also had a theatre festival, and I dusted off a play I wrote in school made it better, submitted it to the theatre festival, and along with 12 other plays, it got selected, and I had my play on. And that happened several times. Did you really? Yeah, at the university. It was such fun. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. When was this? Um, That must have been 2008 or something like that. Oh, wow. I had no idea you had a play on. Yeah, and we had a few. So I worked with friends as well. I collaborated, and we had a few plays on. We either co-wrote or I wrote a couple of them. I wasn't very good at finishing them, so I started a writer's group in my flat, which, by the way, guys at home, you do the same. Get people over, because it got me over the finish line, and when I finished the second play the next year... Oh, yeah, holding yourself accountable to other people. And and the Socratic seminar I was going to bring up is probably the best way, I'd say, to... uh, to help with your writing, and it was my favorite way when I was right. when I was learning in school. Definitely getting well, a group of people. We'll we'll come back to the Socratic seminar in detail. Um, so just yeah yeah while I was there, one person was like, oh from my writer's group, oh can I be in it? And I was like, well come down to the edition. The other another person was like, oh I'd really love to produce that. And I was like, excellent, I've got help. You know, I was so flattered, and the the guy who'd acted for the first time at the end. He was like, I was in a play, I was in a play, so excited. Another friend of mine was a stage manager. So I already had a kind of team around me by the end, by by putting on my play in the second year of uni, which was so helpful. So yeah, um, so this was happening. I was getting better through my academic writing. I was getting better through like writing these plays. Um, and I, I thought I wanted to do that for some time, but it was so hard for me to finish. Also. When I was trying to write short stories, I was very inclined to write a lot of dialogue. So that made me realize that I was much more suitable to writing plays than mm. than nonfiction at that time. But uh, yeah, currently you're, that. you're currently in the business of writing. Yeah, uh, nonfiction. Yeah. So so it was mostly the writing essays and the being a theater critic for years and years, even after I left uni. It, get, it teaches you to start with a snappy sentence, 
to fit a lot of observations into a concise number of words, to have a snappy, chatty, conversational style, to have an angle, you know, all, all so many, so many skills you get from writing reviews. So I think that's why you were telling yeah. me that like, that's why uh, a lot of the kind of academic readers that you, you sort of cater yeah. to that, that I, this, uh, I wouldn't consider myself an academic. I more say that I, I popularize the popularizers. Well, so, this, is the, this is the thing yeah. is like you, you take like this, this nice kind of loose handed, uh, fictional style. Yeah, exactly. That, or, or I should say yeah. not fictional, but narrative. Like Narr a, that's what I like. Yeah. yeah. Narrative. I I apply a narrative style in nonfiction sometimes, and which is brilliant. Uh, thank you. Yeah. In in my view, I mean, I've hardly any. I've hardly seen anyone who can write about stuff like economics, political science, and whatnot. Oh, they like, do it in the New Yorker like, all the time. Okay. But, yeah. Like like I do. Um. <laughs> so I'm not. So, Whoa there. All right. A second. I'm not saying that makes me great i'm just saying i can't see that many other people doing it yeah so it's it, not often especially especially e in the clickbait world ladies and gentlemen e economics is not exactly known for its chatty conversational style which is why when i started writing about i just write, like writing about stuff that i'm learning about so hmm. when i started getting into reading economics and i found wow this is really fascinating mostly through podcasts I start writing more like to summarize my own ideas. Then when I started reading the books that people were advocating to get people into it, into, dare I say, libertarian ideas, I was like, this is what people are recommending. Watch no, out, folks at home. No one's going to read this unless they're already into it because it's not penetrable enough. So that's really why I started writing about it because with a certain amount of hubris, I thought I could write that simpler. I could write that in a more accessible fashion. I completely overrated the openness of people to ideas and found that even if you write in a chatty conversational style, that's not going to get you tons of readers either. But, but I it feel has like made you very popular. Yeah, in my own circles. So I'm more down on myself. <laughs> but I'd say that... Well, it's not like Hollywood's calling to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't Hollywood with <laughs> Right. What I would say is it may be that a little bit of hubris is necessary to be a writer. I think if I had more hubris, I might have pushed myself forward more. And I, I think a very big reason people might start writing anything is they read something and they go, oh, I could do that better or I could do it different. So I don't think that's necessarily... Yeah, a shortcoming. I, well, I, I feel think, like. Oh no, yeah. it's definitely something to say. It happens quite often. Yeah, to so, take yourself to the public and say, "I have something that they want to hear." That balance of uh, of of being confident and. Yeah, and for me, it was just like this is really interesting, and I want being self-aware. I'd say, yeah, this is really interesting and helpful, and I want to under I want people to understand that. So I'm going to put it out there, and hopefully change some minds now yeah, yeah, well, what's, yeah you usually end up re reading to people with similar views what's that quote is as that you have though um is what the world is full of uh people with something to say who aren't saying it and and people who have nothing to say that are talking all the time that, well, yeah that's, there's a good quote like that yeah the, so that's how i became a writer butchering it but yeah but that, that's how you became a writer is is from 
basically progressing from school to theater to critiquing theater yeah and i wanted to write plays more but i just found it really difficult i'd be interested in in learning uh when do you think you kind of stepped over that line and you'd say that like here i am i can i can go out in public and call myself a writer now because it it's taken me a while i still don't think i'm a writer uh you know personally like I think I just spend so much time writing, like that these days. That fair enough. Um, I think I'm a writer, but um, having that book out, I guess, helps. Having a couple of eBooks available on Kindle and oh yeah, definitely from website. Like having published something, um, I'd say that's definitely grounds for calling yourself, you know, a writer. I got some advice from someone once in a podcast, and I wish I'd taken it more. Ten, twelve years ago which was don't write a blog i mean who cares about your blog go to something like such and such.com or such and such.com that already have a readership get your stuff published there and feed them back to your blog or whatever where you where you link well that's funny you should mention that because that's how i got hired okay i i originally uh got doing the clickbait thing that i'm doing now i got hired um because i had written like a couple of blog posts and then i found this sort of and i was just like looking for random jobs that would like would allow me to get paid for i mean doing the same thing you know for blogging pretty much and i found this you know movie website that was like essentially just a giant you know clickbaity blog for uh movie stuff and that's like what I was already writing about mm-hmm. in essays, mm-hmm. I gave them mm-hmm. a couple of mine that I'd already written. They're like, yeah, come do it for us. And now I have this like huge stockpile of, and not all of it's good, of just like, you know, random stuff about, you know, entertainment. Mm. Um, it, yeah, I mean, I find it difficult to hustle the way that you do. It's, you know, I mean, it's not easy. Yeah, it doesn't uh, sound easy at it's, all. It's not, it's not I should easy have said to that make your rent. Instead of comparing you to a whore. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay, that's nice. That was, that was not nice of me. <laughs> hey, whoring isn't easy either, all right? I don't know. No, I agree with yeah. that. I agree with that. I just mean that I would find that that hustle difficult. I don't think I'm that disciplined. I'm inclined to write about what I write about and quite lazy, even sometimes when... I it has sit... taken a change in lifestyle. I'll yeah. say that. Like, I, I have I have had to uh, learn to discipline myself. And, and uh, I'm a different... I'm a much different person uh from what i was a year ago uh just 90 mm-hmm. percent mm-hmm. because of this job and because of the way i wanted to live like what what i mean when i say is quite lazy like even if i get an email back from someone saying this doesn't quite fit fit us and you'd have to change it in these ways oh and so I, many denials I, I know i know it would just take an afternoon to change the essay but i'm trying to work on something else and i can like just disciplined myself to just do this one quickly to get the money then go back to the other thing Mm. because i mean yeah that's a big thing as well if i Uh if i'm working on one thing or if i have if i have a list of 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 essays that i need to i need to submit to the website uh then like that's what i'll be doing and then i have like two or three creative projects on the back burner that like you know i'm just waiting for and then alternatively if I get really freaking inspired to like work on this thing or that thing, you know, I will go, I will take a whole week off 
mm-hmm. where I, and that's part of the reason why I'm so poor right now. Right. Um, when I will just get so deep into working uh, on those creative things that I lose all of my energy for everything else. But I, I get shit done. Yeah. Though I, 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 I that stuff. I'm so slow. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with the rate that I work at, but it's, it still isn't efficient because I'm still, uh, you know, struggling uh, heavily. Mm. You know, mm. I'm like, I'm hoping that you're like learning really sharp skills that you'll be a be able to apply to places that pay more. <laughs> Me too. I hope I am. I I know. Why don't you go into podcasting? <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Oh wow! I hear I hear podcasting yeah. is great. Yeah, podcasting hosts made. I don't know. Loads of money. Loads Support of money. us on Patreon, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, definitely get over to the Patreon. Um, go write yourself one, two, three. Is that it? That one, two, it. three. As because there is one, there is a go write yourself that's already on there. Don't listen to them. Don't don't buy into the. Fakes. I didn't think that. I thought we got this name. Let's. I, I mean, I haven't seen uh, it. Intellectual property skills. There we go. <laughs> come in, Yeah. Come over to the IP side. All right, okay. Libertarian. There is some more, like, yeah, yeah. No, that's a dispute. That's that's a disputed topic. Yes, but that's for a different podcast. Yeah, that would be quite good, intellectual property. Yes. I could bring on my friend Stefan Kinsella, who wrote the book Against Intellectual Property, and but, see what he has to say. Would you like that? Yeah, you'd like that, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you, listeners? Ew. Yeah, you'd love that. Gross. Anyway. But so, how anyway. did you become a writer? How did I get into writing? How did I become a writer? Uh, you know how you first got paid? That is, yes. This job I have at the website right now, writing clickbait, that's how I very first got paid, and it was definitely a big step uh, confidence-wise mm. uh, into calling myself a writer. Um, is, that, did you, is that when you started calling yourself a writer, or did you call yourself a writer prior to that? I still, no. I, I didn't call myself a writer until long after I had the job. I'd say probably several months. Is it because you were ashamed of writing clickbait? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm still ashamed of writing clickbait somewhat. Um, but, you know, I'm proud of... I'm, I'm proud that I'm doing that instead of washing dishes or, uh, you know, uh, a lot of other things that I could be mm-hmm. doing and making more money. For sure. At. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I guess I wanted to learn what progression you've seen in your writing because i talked a bit about how when i first started uni i wrote these big long unwieldy sentences right and having assignment deadlines and as well as the other things right writing writing future reviews really improved my writing style well how, how about, let me how spin about you a yarn yeah exactly yeah let me sure i'll uh yeah let me tell you a story uh let me way back in the day um when i was in eighth grade that's like, you know, 12, 13 years old for all those in the UK. Uh, I, uh, that's when I'd say I first started writing, though I didn't know it at the time. Uh, because uh, what I was doing was role-playing on, oh, nice. on uh, yeah, just a little role-playing website. Mm. And God, was I churning out a lot of stuff. Like, thinking back to it, I was probably, I mean, I was probably writing, you know, upwards of two to three thousand words a night. Uh, it just kind of like writing with these people, 
uh, on oh, the internet. Yeah. yeah. You know, probably, I mean, like at least 500 words a post and then on it for hours. Uh, I would come home from school and get on this website and like go on these little role play forums. Uh, where, oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you did you play a character and you were you were going you guys were going back was it freeform roleplay or did you were you playing actual games? Well, no, it was it was just freeform text based roleplay. So like you'd get on the forum and someone would have like a prompt and a skill level, mm -hmm. and you would go and kind of like pitch your character and uh, see if the character kind of fitted into like the story of where they wanted to go. Oh, I did a little bit of that too. Yeah. And I think that... it was by email. Yeah, the same thing. Same, yeah. same thing. I found it kind of hard. Some of them tended to peter out without an antagonist and any risk. Yeah, nobody wanted to be the bad guy. Uh, that's... We tried to create a bad guys, but then they always became good guys because how did you keep it going otherwise? Yeah, it's like you know, it's really hard to 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 have an antagonist and to beat the antagonist. Um, yeah. You know, if you're not I willing guess that's to take why those we risks, have a dungeon master to play the bad guys. Hey, somebody's mm -hmm. got to do it. It's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it. Yeah, I also run a uh, small uh, beginners level one shot D and D mm. night at the pub. Uh, still to this day. Still to this day. Mm. Actually, it's next week. I have to get. I have to get working on that. Anyway, um, I did a bit of Dungeons and Dragons and role playing at school and stuff. Spin a yarn here. Okay, okay. go on. Yes. Uh, but that is an excellent way to, to flex your storytelling chops. And improve, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's what I did. And kind of uh, set it kind of uh, subconsciously kind of through uh, high school. Uh, because, like, what I did was I ended up kind of leaving the, the school district and uh, moving away and ended up like separating from the person that got me into it so like i would still sometimes get on the website but i wasn't into it that much mm -hmm. um so what i would do i i continued writing like through high school but didn't really uh wasn't really doing it with such a degree but it surprised me that i didn't stop i i kind of kept i kept you know having like a little notebook and like you know writing sad emo poetry as all mm -hmm. teenagers do oh yes i did much of that yes but like didn't get back into it until college uh or university whereupon uh i had a very very uh excellent writing professor who i followed for several years uh through my teaching and he had a kind of freeform fiction writing class uh, where we had this Socratic seminar that I was mentioning earlier. Mm, perfect. Uh, yes. It was the best thing. Good callback. Excellent callback. You can see why he's a good writer uh -huh. and, and uh, also dungeon master. Yes. And possibly stand-up comedian in the future. Who knows? No, I'm never, 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 never. Uh, but I had a, a great Socratic seminar uh, kind of uh, class mm -hmm. with this professor who was very encouraging and uh, very, what would one say? Um, just an inspiring guy. And we would just go, uh, it was barely a class at all, you know, mm -hmm. because we would go every day. I would, uh, when I became of age, eventually, I would meet up with a friend, we'd grab a pint beforehand, then go to class, 
and sit down with like this group uh, once a week. And so you, what you do, you'd write a little short story, uh, kind of limit the length of it, get like eight to 10 people together. Uh, and you'd go around and you'd, for like an afternoon, you know, you'd read everybody's stories uh, over the course of the week, write your own story, come back to the class and kind of give everybody notes. So you, it was this uh, kind of cooperative way of helping each other get better at writing. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, that's, that's the core thing mm -hmm. that you want with your reading is, is feedback. Mm -hmm. You want, you want sure. feedback from, from an audience. Yeah. This, these can, it's, no, these new mediums can be a lot of one way traffic. Um, you never know what's hitting, what people like, why, and things like that. So that is really helpful. And so also get at it in the comments, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Yeah. But especially feedback from other writers because you want uh, you want feedback that is specific and actionable, ideally. I mean, being told that's great is really helpful, but being told like, oh, I like the way that this, you yeah, know. If, if, you, if another writer can come to you and say like, this works, but it falls apart in the second act or something. Yeah, or, or, yeah. or, or, or very specific, like, you know, what was the motivation of this character? Or I like the way that this bit calls back to this bit and reveals that character's motivation. And you go, oh, all right, cool, I did a good thing. Oh, yeah. Like, a number of times someone has come to me and said, like, you're clearly doing, like, a hero's journey mm -hmm. here, but you're missing this this savior from without. Mm -hmm. in the middle of the story or, or, or something like. So explain to those who don't know what a Socratic seminar is. Uh, I mean, a Socratic seminar is just like a, a small group of people, uh, kind of, uh, it doesn't have to be led uh, by everybody, but like, you know, gathered in one place, basically on an even level, uh, kind of setting aside each other's um any any sense of hierarchy okay or uh or anything like that and uh, just kind of working towards a common goal together in a way of like you know just like a small kind of free exchange of ideas yeah and people used to go to paris or whatever to be with other writers contemporary writers oh, at yeah. that period of history so that they could hang out with other writers they thought they that were good. What's that movie? Not La La Land. What's the other one? Uh, what's that movie? Uh, Midnight in Paris, where Owen Wilson goes back in time and like talks to like Hemingway and like ah, all these things. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, that's that's good. You reminded me of that. That was another supportive thing about being uni extracurricular. I joined one such group for writers and I got in another one for playwrights they were really helpful they gave me a reason to write and bring in scenes and I got feedback on them and I also went to a couple outside of uni with a friend and I was amazed at how regular people who'd come in usually people in their 40s or above um I was a mature student I used the term loosely because I wasn't that mature I mean, someone who went to uni later. Emotionally but, mature. Uh, was I? Um, uh, mature in terms of years uh, compared to the average person who goes in uni. Not so much in behavior. No. Um, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, and I, I was amazed that people just who came in off the street were amazing content creators in, the, in my outside of uni group. Like, I thought they were really good writers. 
and some of them hadn't done it in years and years and years or had always wanted to do it and hadn't so it was like wow talent is is not as scarce as I thought it was um but yeah it also made me see that I could write fiction if I wanted and my fiction wasn't too bad it's just been hard to prioritize and yeah this is the other thing is that like talent is everywhere and Mm -hmm. distinguishing yourself could be a job within itself it might might be a case of did you or did you not listen to the right podcast on writing Uh, yes they gave you that inside story on how to be you're very right yeah maybe we should have called our podcast how to be good podcast and then (laughs) or just listen or die yeah like (laughs) i like that one in particular that has to be something about yeah threatening podcasts it has to be like a horror podcast or something you win you they say you win more flies with honey than vinegar but on the other hand uh they also say it's really tasty vinegar Mm. yeah they say that people will do more to avoid suffering than they will to achieve happiness or pleasure make up your mind idioms which is it (laughs) it's very difficult but um, one thing uh, I wanted to bring up, uh, podcast, if we're because if we're talking about, you know, how we kind of came to be writers. Oh, I, sh- I should mention the other half of my story. Uh, this when I was the in yarn, uni, the, other the yarn, yarn, the yarn. Yes, the the part that gets all tangled and gets into a giant ball that I'm trying to untangle currently. When I uh, very happily uh, experienced that sort of you know time in my life when I enjoyed writing with this university professor. I eventually, well, you know, I graduated university, I graduated college, and then I left and did my traveling thing. And uh, middle, 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 come to Scotland. Because uh, basically, there's a lot in between Virginia and Scotland, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll get to that later. Um, when I came here and I decided to start making money off of my writing, because it was like, it was after a very, very long self-searching journey, the thing that I discovered that I did love about myself the most, uh, because I am pretty great, and Mm. uh, everyone really should know it. Uh, (laughs) uh, So when I did want to start writing professionally and kind of make a serious go at it, um, I kind of got into that line of of critique and uh, kind of opinion essays uh which is just a very very common place to start you know the the i and the they and uh just making a point of uh, getting your voice down um i think uh, when i moved from that into third person it became slightly more professional Mm -hmm. and uh and and getting that honestly i just found i found the clickbait job on linkedin Mm -hmm. and i thought like oh well, this is interesting, and this is this counts as writing and mm-hmm. and as opinion essays. And if nothing else, it's like it's like going to the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something. Totally. That, yes, yeah, something that I do every day. Mm-hmm. That is. You go to the gym every day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't today. I need to. But, yeah, right, I, slept, I don't go to the gym every day. I slept. <laughs> I slept and missed my yoga class, but it's because I didn't sleep till after five. Anyway, uh, this. Uh, this clickbait job is like going to the gym, uh, where I do have to create a lot of a lot of content. Uh, you know, quantity over quality is what they want, and they want things that are like up to the minute. Like your your essays will become uh, the features that you write will become invalidated uh, almost immediately. 
um, with the 24 hour news cycle. Um, just like your whole life and everyone you loved. Oh my God. Oh, 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 that hurts. Oh, oh, it hurts. Oh no. It, <laughs> it doesn't need to get that dark. All right. We don't have to go Dostoevsky all the way yet. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it does, it helps, uh, as just a means of practice, as a means mm-hmm. of like flexing my chops every single day and reminding myself to keep on getting better. Because um, I think that uh, that more than anything else is what's important. How have you improved? Oh, God. Uh, I mean, so much. Mm. If, if only for the ability to uh, take a look at myself and say, I'm not good. Well, but I mean, how has your writing improved? I mean, if I were to say, yeah, like if I were to say, uh, if I were to like measure it mm-hmm. specifically, I think that, um, you know, my grammar syntax and just vocabulary mm-hmm. has improved. I think mm-hmm. I think I just use a wider vocabulary. I know how to structure uh essays to fit this format specifically Mm -hmm. so i mean it it for the job helps really well uh but also i feel like a writing third person essays between 800 and a thousand words uh about you know one thing or another um i think is good i also think it's good uh just to help when you're writing like an advertisement which unfortunately this is the soul eating part of the job uh when you're writing, you know, an opinion that you don't agree with, you know, when something something out there that like you have to sell, regardless of what you really think about it, uh, it's not uh, good. It's not, you know, fulfilling, but it does help you uh, break out of this mindset that you that your ego has to be yeah. in everything right. that you write. You can learn some skills. Yeah, I, I, I would say I can write a theatre review in 20, 30 minutes that's way, way, way better than a theatre review that it would have taken me a couple of hours to write when I started. So volume does make a big difference and you, you learn. I, th- I think, yeah, you, you learn a lot about how you write uh-huh. as well. I, I think you when you're doing it every day, I think you the way that you observe yourself and get to know your own process is extremely important. And like knowing, knowing the difference between, uh, you know, your soul sucking process and your, uh, creative process too, I think is important and seeing, uh, what you write when what you write is good versus the writing you put out that isn't so good. Okay. So this brings to mind a thought and I'd like your opinion on it. I'm not sure if this is exactly accurate, but it might be approximately true of me, right? See, if I do something, I just have to do it, right? Like, right, in the writing realm. Okay. And it got rejected or something like that, Mm. or I get negative feedback. It could be a uni essay or it could be some submission, like you're saying, for an advertisement or something that you just did for the money or whatever it is. I feel like I feel very deflated because I had to force myself to do it, whereas I might feel less so if it's something that I wrote because I wanted to, I was just enjoying it, like, um, oh, no, that's definitely true. Yeah, and I don't feel, I don't feel that deflated when I wrote stuff for myself, and it didn't get where I wanted it, because I 
Oh, want, no, I wanted to write it anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, does that make sense? Absolutely. I, that's why I think I can't force myself to write very well because that def- that feeling of being deflated just takes so much out of me that it's not ego. It's just I feel exhausted um, when I force myself to do stuff I don't want to do. Like, uh, I'm yeah. glad that I wasn't born just gonna fifth, check the coffee. 150 hours ago. Uh, sorry, 50, hours, 150 150 years hours ago, ago. Because if I needed to go down a coal mine or something like that, I'd probably... Oh, I'd be dead. Yeah, I'd be dead. Immediately. I'm be not good up. at forcing myself to do things. I'd probably run away. Hmm. I'd probably join the But Native where Americans. would you run to? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Native Americans, tribes. I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably die uh, before, you know, I do a Dances with Wolves thing. But, uh, but there's hope. Mm. There's always hope. Mm. So that's quite interesting. You agree? I remember just one specifically. I never ended up publishing it anywhere. I don't think even my own blog. Like when Trump came out and he was... Um, when Trump came out, like he was released. Yeah, he was yeah. released. <laughs> and he started making arguments against free trade. I wrote an article like called uh, Trump refutes Adam Smith and David Ricardo. And I was like, you know, the classic liberal economists that were associated with. Yeah. I was like wow, Trump, I mean, he must have really come up with a new argument against free trade. that no, And I thought it was really funny because obviously uh, it's just like... But that kind it, of stuff energizes ridiculous. you. I thought that, it was, really, I thought it was yeah, really funny. You feel good about that. And I was, told, I was told that by the publication, I'm sorry, we can't put this up because like <laughs> with, the, with these days, they might think it's a serious article uh, where it's actually sat, obviously satire and like... Yeah, repercussions for that writing satire it, it, it sounds like it's like you might get like blocked the site might get blocked by fact check filters and stuff like that even yeah. if you're writing satire you and can't like, write sarcasm for the yeah, algorithm yeah people. yeah exactly i was like oh yeah. okay i thought i was being fucking hilarious but <laughs> there you go well i think that uh it's a good it's a good point you make by saying that that stuff uh energizes you and brings you up because i think I, I think that's definitely a, a big truth in in the writing world we, we don't always do what we like to do but you know when we're forced to do what we have to do uh you come out of it not not feeling too great you can be drained yeah. but some people are just good at being hacks <laughs> this there, is true there must be some people like that and they can just do it it's just yeah are you listening to the podcast you hacks <laughs> yeah I yeah mean, come at us bring it i think it's in a sense i think it's a kind of talent like um like you know, writing a pop tune. Um, oh, definitely. Who's that? It wasn't that the, the the that guy that like Swedish guy or whatever his name was that like uh, he was just writing ninety percent of uh, of like the, the yeah like the top one hundred. Yeah, uh, I know, but I don't think it's really an even playing field at that because genuinely, if you play stuff over and over and over again at the radio, that is what people listen to, and if they listen to the same thing over and over again, they will eventually adjust to it and come to like it so i think there's a little bit of gatekeeping going on that in that is industry a, that's an entirely yeah yeah but that's an entirely different conversation yeah so that's tough though tell me how shall we do a segment to wrap up the show oh like a like a little not an outro something fun something fun like wacky races <laughs> uh did you not have another topic Oh, I did have a, yeah, I have this David Mamet thing. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. Unless you want to do something else, which is fine. 
you, we could do that another time if you prefer. Well, no, no, because this this sort of fits into what we're talking about. Uh, in in the vein of how you got into writing, I thought it was very interesting that last night I kind of uh, speaking of the algorithm as well, I ended up getting uh, this little. I saw this little post about uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross uh, coming out 30 years ago, and uh, David Mamet who uh, won a Pulitzer, I think, for the play, Glenn Gary, mm. Glenn Ross. Mm. Uh, but I watched the film with, uh, you know, Kevin Spacey mm. and mm. Uh, Jack Lemmon. Mm -hmm. And the, I mean, the, aside from being astounding, mm. like a, an amazing piece of, of cinema, uh, it was interesting to kind of uh, go back after I had watched the movie and kind of look at like you know why did he win that pulitzer like on my, on my little rabbit hole kind of search i found out that like david mamet uh, ended up being known for uh what people uh stylized as uh like mamet speech or or mamet dialogue because his dialogue with apparently has been extremely unique uh, there's a particular kind of segment in glengarry glen ross when uh two characters are speaking to each other uh shall we act shall we do you, you want to do it out yeah Which you, one you want to do it out uh you can be you can be moss okay and i'll be aaronel and this is just to provide some context this is uh what glengarry glen ross is about is a, a group of salesmen who are uh kind of uh, pushed to the limits by their company uh, and yeah, like saying that uh, they're trying to sell property to random people and their company kind of comes in and says that like, we're going to fire everybody except for the top two uh, salesmen. Because you guys suck. Yeah. This is this is where that line coffee is for closers. Coffee is for closers. Yeah, that's yeah. where that comes from. All right. So uh, when when all the salesmen find out that like they're all going to get fired pretty much stuff starts like kind of happening where they think oh they might uh because because everyone's trying to get the leads the leads yeah. are what's important but they won't time. give they don't the company doesn't want to waste the lead the new leads on salesmen that they don't think are going to deliver sales but they, they keep on trying to test them on leads that are like really really bad there are bad leads and like that pointless have been leads all, and that have been like you find out at the end well okay we shouldn't spoil okay, it yeah but uh, but yeah, they're bad leads, and so this conversation, this kind of uh, this mammet dialogue, uh, specifically this one, uh, makes an interesting point of of creating a difference between talking and speaking, mm -hmm. uh, 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 kind of vernacular like wise. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. All right, so mm -hmm. so so you do Moss, yeah. I'll do Aaron now. All right. N no. What do you mean? Have I talked to him about this? Yes. I mean, you are we actually talking about this, or are we just? Oh no, we're just. We're just talking about it. We're just speaking about it as an idea. As an idea. Hmm. Yes. We're not actually talking about it. No. Talking about it as. No. As a robbery. As a robbery. No. Yeah. See, so, so yeah, like so these, we're exaggerating these characters are, it, but you, you yeah. get the idea. And we're terrible actors. We're, we're going to say, let's discuss this thing, but we're not discussing this thing as though we're actually going to do it. But yeah. let's have our thoughts on if we were going to do this, 
on what the would table, like? what would yeah. it be like? What would it do? So then we can... I'm actually going to rob the place. In retrospect, we might decide once we know what each other thinks, <laughs> you know. you know. Which is so very, it's very, it's very useful to have this at a party. Yeah. Well. Uh, actually, I, 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 I'm sure I did this. Not, not about robbing sure anyone at a party, that, but about... I'm sure I did this with, a, with uh, someone the other day, actually. The... We're not actually talking about... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. No, we, we're not talking about it. We're just like, it was, just uh, in case we want to go home together, you know, just, just in case. We, um, we, yeah. we mocked, we sort of uh, mocked doing this about getting something on the dark web. And, and <laughs> I was like, I was in the pub and, and my friend was just like, on the dark web? On the dark, <laughs> on the dark web? web? <laughs> like, you know, we didn't actually get anything yeah. from the dark web, but we joked as though we were joking about joking about, and I right. didn't, and I didn't even know that we were doing this. Oh, I know, I know, right? This. this is this is where that comes from. Well, we, well, is... we had a little, we had a whole little role play. Yeah, that, isn't that great? Like that's great. So along with that idea about David Mamet, uh, his dialogue specifically is uh, the other thing it's known for is being very like cynical mm-hmm. and kind of street smart. Right. Uh, which kind of reflects how he got into writing. Mm. Because uh, when asked kind of like, how did you, uh, how do you end up writing dialogue like this? You know, he says, uh, well, he was quoted in saying, uh, you know, in my family, and this is just off of, straight off of Wikipedia, uh, in my family, in the days prior to television, we liked to while away the evenings by making ourselves miserable based solely on our ability to speak the language viciously. Mm-hmm. That's probably where my ability was honed. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's interesting how the family is such a reserve for creative because... Well, but like, this is how he's, he, he got his skills speaking language. Like, he, he comes from that, like, straight up, like... Straight up his skill out of, like, his Pulitzer Prize-winning dialogue. How can, you, how can you torture each other best? Yeah. It reminds me just, of, like, Eugene O'Neill's play A Long Dark Journey Into Night, which he only allowed to be released after he died because he felt like it was too revealing about the dynamics of his family. Like, and there's this whole... That wouldn't play nowadays. Yeah, it's kind of like this whole thing about you left the light on, like, why do you care, like care so much about someone in your family? Can't you just fucking if you see the light left on, can't you just turn it off? Like, no, you love giving someone into trouble. That's what it is. What it really is is you just want to take out your shit on a family member. Anyway, well, uh, watch it for more for more details. Rather yeah. aggressive. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah. anyway, the point is that uh, this Pulitzer Prize winning uh, playwright. Mm-hmm. Uh, first got into writing and honed his skill from writing just by talking and just by having conversations and with his with yeah his family but 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 he does he actually mean that the family dynamic was toxic i think that's what he's implying i mean it's I, it yeah. certainly sounds like he's yeah. implying but like but that ability to be like, toxic ig- well ignore yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> not just to, <laughs> to be, be toxic bad. but to be caustic Actually, I would, good like, enough at being bad. I would like to read that theater review one time, which is like one of the harshest theater reviews I ever wrote, and just see if, like, I kind of feel like, first of all, I hated savaging people, but in this one instance, mm. I kind of had to say it as I saw it, and I think one of the reasons that made it so caustic was it was rather well written, and if it was written poorly, it wouldn't be so caustic. So this is kind of what he's saying, like, um, the kind of sting in the tail comes from what makes it so 
such a burn. Your venom? Yeah. yeah. What makes it such a burn yeah. is that it's skillful. It's, I mean, yeah. 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 There's different. I think skill can be described in different ways. It's not just venom is one way, but uh, you know, uh, it's, it's well, also people honey, say sick honey, burn. And, yeah. So they people say, say sick burn. Sick burn. I, you could you could what they mean, some people. Like what someone means when they go, oh, sick burn, is it wasn't just hurtful it was skillful like you were witty like you hit them right in the you know maybe maybe it had two or three meaning layers of meaning at the same time that's true and even called back to a previous situation or a well-known character flaw of that person that's true there's and, nothing like a good sick burn we we know each other so well in the family that unconsciously you know where their buttons are as well yeah like i was thinking of the psychologist's he was from Scotland, I'll remember his name in the world uh, later, but he discussed how the family is like this hotbed of unspoken resentments, and well, people make all these platitudes like, oh, you do it for family, and the family is everything, and you know, they're your family. Actually, these were mostly like excuses for toxic behaviours in a lot of cases, because the, the worst abuse was happening under there but because it couldn't be over people needed to kind of hide it behind this layered meaning in like caustic languages another way one way that i think that i develop language skills through the family is like when when you've got a parent or family member that you feel like you need to walk on eggshells around you become very diplomatic and skillful in the way that you do deploy certain language or You're con- telling the truth, but maybe not the whole truth. Or, yeah, or just the way that you say it, because you, you don't want to trigger their temper. And that's not exactly a good way to learn to be good at language. But I'm pretty sure that it's helped me write or, like, put myself in the other person's position when I write so that I can write more more convincingly or at least retain a benevolent tone, even when I'm challenging other people's opinions mm. well that sounds good what did you learn from your family of origin about writing not so much damn okay well yes. let's well, just end the show then okay okay all right <laughs> all right you ruined it trombone solo wait no no the whole point is that i can't do it all right oh.